Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Don't Call Me White Girl podcast. Dre, is this my camera? Hello, my beautiful people at home. I have a special guest for you live in L.A. I don't know if you heard, but I have relocated. And I live here in Hollywood. And this is one of my newest friends. Yoo-hoo! Slim Russell! Come on! <laughs> I'm super excited. I'm always super excited when I find my own people. Um, I was just talking to Russell before we started. I was introduced to you from a freestyle. Um, what caught my attention, though, was... I'm assuming your free game Fridays, but I feel like even if it's not free game Friday, you still giving out free game. You know what I mean? You know. Um, how long you been rapping though? How did you start getting into rap? I've been rapping forever since like seven. Yeah. And I started with my sister. We used to play CDs in a boombox and just rap over them. Mm-hmm. And then we, uh, from there, just kind of kept going. I just never stopped. Mm-hmm. You went to college. What was your major when you went? I went to college briefly for like three months, and I was doing business administration. I think that's what that's what I went to school for. I got like two credits. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I probably got a couple credits in there. I feel like that's the like entrepreneur dreamer kind of right because it's like it's so open, it's so broad. You could take it any kind of way you want to, but you yeah, realize I didn't. I didn't really want to go to school. Uh, I feel like it's one of those choices you make when you're like, I'm not really trying to go to school, and yeah. I'm figure it out. So yeah. that was that was my lane. You know what? It was when I was growing up, people would say, if you get out of school, right, like as far as high school, and you didn't pick something to do right away, you would get into trouble. Like mm-hmm. you with that idle time would get you into trouble because I'm from Philadelphia, it's kind of rough over there. Um, and I did, like, when I didn't go to school, like, I changed my plans for going to college, huh. I was like in jail by 21. I went to college years after school. Oh, you like, did? So I, you were yeah, off at first, yeah, doing yeah. what? Just working, okay, yeah. UPS. UPS, winery, FedEx, aerospace. Yeah. Whole lot of shit. Dreaming from there though, knowing you're gonna do this. Like this is Definitely. even if you start rapping at a young age, do you know you're gonna like make it a career? Like you're rich and famous off of rap. Did you think it would be like that? I didn't. I used to speak about it like wishfully, you know, as just a young nigga, like, ah, we're gonna make it. But I wasn't um I wasn't dedicated in the aspect like doing everything I needed to do to do it. It was just like a a wishful thing. I knew I'd be something. Yeah, but you didn't necessarily know rap. Right. Did your flow ever change? Did you ever rap? Like, would you ever want some gangster rap shit? Because I feel like, to me, your music is feel-good music for me. Like, it makes me a bit positive. It don't put me... I was telling Russell, like many of you know at home, I like really ignorant rap music. I like drill music, drug dealer music, trap music. I like all that. I tend to not listen to music that's not like, negative super negative but you're somebody that you can listen to and for some reason it don't feel like oh i'm listening to good you know what i mean right. it just feels good about you but you said you had you feel like you got a lot of them type of fans yeah. my i mean my shit was always life rap and i feel like everybody who's lived a life could uh, could you know associate and, and correlate with it it resonate with everybody yeah it ain't uh the most gangster shit because i ain't lived the most gangster life right. but it you know it's a good mix i've had my own experiences that i get to share so everybody get to resonate it's just life yeah yeah i mean i don't know and i 
with you, like, you're so honest about shit. And I think that's why I'm popular now, too. People like that. People like that you're honest and you say, like, what is this something that you say? When you, you, you're saying something about, one of the, I don't know, get yourself together. That's the you the closer. Yeah. That's just, that's my shit. Yeah. That's my shit. When I, I plan that when I start working out, I'm going to listen to shit GT like Coop, come on. Yeah, yeah. You still understanding that GT Coop. I almost said the man was from Sacramento. He was completely offended. Where are you from? Vallejo. Vallejo. Yeah. But that's the bay. Come on. Y'all used to go dumb, but now you go stupid. We uh we was going stupid and dumb at the same time. Okay, so that's played out. Yeah. I, I mean we we, like we it's, it's still in us, you know, it's still in us. It's it's an energy, it never died. Yeah, I feel like the bay I told her Russell, I was introduced to the bay by Keek the Sneak. Keek and he was surprised sneak. by that. Why? Uh Cause he's not like the largest. Like mm-hmm. most people who's from the East Coast, when they say, "Oh yeah, I'm on Bay Music," they always say forty yeah. or short. Yeah, you know, I, I or hammer. But yeah. I've, I've seldom heard Keith the Sneak, so that's fire. Yeah, because that the, the whole I, that's the thing about the Bay. I think the Bay is similar to Philadelphia in that way, as far as like it's just so much culture, your own language, your own flow, your own dressing. People kind of know y'all, y'all, and y'all definitely, especially with me being from the East Coast, where it's like you have Los Angeles. That's what people think right. about. But I. Know know the difference in the bay i feel like bay people are more laid back they kind of gangster too but i'm not gonna say you be fighting and wrestling and shit but i see a lot of crazy videos <laughs> the bay. But, but i just feel like the bay people to me the bay people are laid back and they got their own style and it's just something just cool about y'all and for me it was freak the sneak it was people getting hyphy people ghost riding the whip right i ghost ride my whip i did yeah. it i was in high school right youtube man dangerous. shout out youtube youtube put the culture global for YouTube. Sure. we met uh somebody from alabama and she was like, man, I know about yiking and all this shit. And I was like, how? And she was like, you too. Yeah. It's really dope how the culture get to expand, sure. you know, through the internet. For sure. But for me, um, like, like I feel like when I come out here, because I, I want to live here, Russell. In here. L.A. or in Cali? In Cali. I don't want to live in Los Angeles because I don't think I could afford it. I don't got the money yet. Like, I'm not up yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel it. Way. Like, <laughs> um, but I want to live like right outside of it. I like the fact that it's always hot. It's just a certain feel over here in California that feels right. different in East Coast. East Coast people are mean. Nobody says hello. Man. <laughs> right? It, it's a different energy, but it's also like uh I love New York. I love the energy of the people out there, but it's definitely a a, a meaner spirit. Yeah. But niggas be going through a lot more. You think so? I think so. Like when you gotta when you wake up and you gotta sit in that kind of traffic, or you like you gotta deal with a nigga on it. Like it's just different. You yeah. feel me? Like you got a different edge to you. Yeah, it's almost like people kind of. I don't know. It's like a corny thing. Like if if somebody wakes up in the morning and you in Philadelphia and you traveling, and your plan is to like say good morning to people, you you might get a fuck you or You're two. You're a loser. Nobody That's wants to hear hella that shit. Funny. It's a way we <laughs> greet each other, but it's a way it's a way that East Coast people do show love and greet each other. You know, but it's just not in the like. You who you can't do that where we at like you know I think that's another reason why you stand out though because you make people feel good right and it's necessary you feel me it's necessary we were just talking about that one of the, uh, the homies came from Thailand and he was saying how everybody out there greets each other and say good morning so it's hard for do you they to do walk a full around bow like an when they each other? yeah that that's was a, that was a gesture so yeah. you feel me. Uh, I think that's what it is. We need more niggas to start greeting each other so niggas won't Straight feel like bow. that. Straight niggas go through a lot. We should all bow to each other for right? real world. You know what I notice? Uh, like, I be often, like, at shows and shit, I'm always kind of just 
this is my my pose when I'm I'm dealing with a lot and I mm-hmm. just kind of come here and I notice I got niggas to do it like niggas be walking past and they'll come up to me like this you <laughs> feel me they just reflect it so yeah. we might just need more niggas to say hello and good morning yeah so when you rapping right and you're going through you, you go to three months to school um you're working these jobs what happens with you doing your rap where it's like oh shit I might could do this for real for real like what's that first big moment for I you? dropped an album in 2018 and it start kind of just uh, getting some motion. Like, all the homies was fucking with it. My family was fucking with it. And one day, uh, I had took mushrooms. And I had went to the park. I'm just walking around. And a truck passed by. And it was slapping the intro to the album. And it was like, it was a moment of like, nigga, this is your path. Right. Right? It was just like validation from the universe. Like, you doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And it's kind of been up since. Yeah. I plan to do shrooms when I got over here, but Phelps didn't find them yet. Do you do shrooms often? Uh, I used to do it a lot more often than I do it now, but I still do shrooms probably like once or twice a year. Yeah, I feel like the first time doing shrooms, I should be like in a cave or like in a somewhere like in the hills. Go outside, man. Yeah, go go I go in like the grass. My first shroom can't be in Philadelphia in a project somewhere. It's just not gonna be a good high. It's gonna be intense. That's a lot of energy. One time I took shrooms and uh, we needed water, so we had to go to Walmart. Nigga, I, I found out why people be fighting up in there. Why? Because it's so much energy. It's like, it just make you want to sock a nigga if you're not feeling good. You yeah. feel me? It's too much. Everybody going through their shit. People impatient. Like, it's just a, it's a nasty space to be in. So when you on shrooms, you feel all of that. You you kind of, wow. you take in that collective energy. Yeah, me and Dre were just talking about we were going to do shrooms together. Because Dre's not really a drug guy. Yeah, do it. Yeah. And shrooms is, shrooms is for the niggas who's like, not the drug addicts. You feel me? Because you never going to want to do it again after. Like, after you do it, you're going to be so high, you're going to be like, I'm not going to fuck with that for a little bit. So it's a, it's a good, it's not an addictive drug. You right. feel me? Right, Dre. It's not but it, but it's enlightening, bro. It's life changing. It's gonna really like the way you see everything. I mean, unless you already just a great nigga, and then and it's like you may not even get that. But for those who is like going through some shit or just need to see a little bit more, it's it's definitely eye opening. Yeah, you you notice how popular they getting now. Yeah, it's definitely a wave now. But uh, with niggas, because I, I feel like with, yeah, with the niggas white used to look at shoes like crack. Man, when I first, when I first got offered shoes, I was like, hell nah, right. nigga. You feel me? Because growing up, we look at shoes like, yeah. nigga, that's the crate. That's the white people drugs. Right. But nah, it's a uh, it's real healing now. Niggas is we on that. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a good. I think that's a good wave though. If anything, me be a too. Wave. You know why? Because guess what? I kept hearing it. Of course, if you are not sleep or under a rock, you know that like the opiate crisis is real, mm-hmm. and it's so much drug dealer music. You know, right. we just had a conversation about, and I don't even want to say his name because I don't want to be corny, but it's like a big rapper, and he talks about getting a high lot, and we had this huge debate on whether do you think he really do drugs or not? Because mm. I know motherfuckers that do drugs for real, Russell. Right. Okay. And some of these motherfuckers rappers sing about it all day long, and for me. I, it might sound stupid, but I think that's kind of corny for you to rap about. It's I mean, when you're rapping about specific drugs on a regular basis and in real life, you don't do them drugs. That's weird if as you're shit. you rapping about anything that you don't, uh, that that could be detrimental, that you don't fully participate in or yeah. do, you a lame. You, you corny. So? Like, just just naturally. Why? Because you have a billion things that you could choose to rap about, including your own life, but you choose to portray a narrative that's not true and it's influencing people and it's detrimental. And it's like, nigga, why choose that of all things to say? And you ain't even do it your damn self. Right. So it's definitely corny. Yeah. I feel like with 
all this stuff is always like an artistry because it's like with me with jokes. Like, I don't know if you know, but I do stand-up comedy. And, um, like, for me, some of them shows, depending on where I'm at, it might be all venomous. It's funny, but it's mean. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I can tell where I'm at in my life or what I'm going through by the stuff that I talk about, but I always mm-hmm. think about that in a way of I don't think people understand just the responsibility that comes with a platform, no matter how right. high up your platform is. Somebody child is really studying you, listening to that shit, liking it. But I feel like at what point at what point is it past you being an artist, you just wanting to put something out and Oh, right, for example, I was a fan of Eminem as a kid. Right? Yeah, of course. Come Eminem on. rapped about killing Kim. That was what right. he did on a regular basis, killing his mother, saying, you know, and I always looked at him like that was art. I never thought that he might kill Kim. And I right. understood that he was from the trailer park and she would cheat on him and they beat each other, whatever, right? Right. But I still enjoy when he told these long stories about throwing her off but a pier you know, with his daughter. To me, with Eminem, it didn't it doesn't feel the same as it be feeling today. Because I feel like that was his real life. And it was believable to me. Like, everything that nigga used to say was yeah. like, this nigga, he might do it. You yeah. feel me? <laughs> it felt very uh, true to his life. But yeah. um, we see a lot of rap now, and it's like, nigga, you're lying. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very it's clear wrong. and adamant. It's not even at an artistic point, because some of the music don't even be great. You're right. just lying. Right. Off beat. Right. <laughs> like, you feel me? You it's not what? even... <laughs> Unpopular opinion. I was a fan of Takashi. Okay, I liked the kind of music Takashi made. I liked how wild he was. I liked, um, because I knew some of his older shit. And I understood the whole, like, do crazy shit for people to look at you. Um, I was shocked when he went so hard with the music, because he wasn't always hard like that. You know what I mean? And not only did he go hard, it was like overnight he became like a gangbanger. But as crazy as that story is, and how he tell on 57 niggas the next year, and everybody call him a red, it's like... It's so many Takashis with this shit. It's just, they might not troll like he do, but a lot of them are on some Takashi shit. And I mean, I feel like with shit like that, it's like, you have to look at all parties involved. Because uh, there was a bunch of niggas who validated and allowed Takashi to to be Takashi and be a part of their organization and infrastructure as well. That was crazy. You feel me? Like, fuck let Takashi? Who did his initiation? <laughs> you feel me? Who Somebody jumped, jumped shit, him in. <laughs> Somebody jumped him in. Is it a lot of um? Is it a lot of gang culture in the Bay? Like it is the rest of it's Australia? not like uh gangs in a traditional form. It's more like cliques and neighborhoods like streets and, and neighborhoods street, and exactly. shit. Yeah. Did you find it hard to avoid that kind of shit? Because you come up in a two-parent household, correct? Yeah. I've seen your parents. You're very close-knit with your family. Is this you and your sister? I got three sisters. And you the only boy? Yep. They used to beat your ass, didn't they? Wow, everybody's saying this. They did. It was, man, it was what equal. Was your, it was the equal. I'm the youngest, too. Oh, they used to whoop your ass. Yeah, it was equal smoke, though. Oh, you was giving our ass with Yeah. Me. Respect? Everybody Respect. get up. Slam your sister. <laughs> Close line your sister. Okay. No. But how was it though growing up with all them sisters? Um, I was always, I was kind of to myself often. You mm-hmm. feel me? So, and I had uh, like cousins and I had, I grew up at a time where kids was outside. So I had yeah. hella friends outside. So it wasn't even um like. How old are you? 28. Okay. Yeah, so I don't I don't think it altered it altered uh He's too much, you feel me? Yeah. He has the same birthday as Gary. A legend. Yeah. I don't know. People say y'all lie a lot. Uh yeah. 
People say it. Don't people say that? I'm not the first person that told you that. Nah. You've never heard Libras like lie. just Libras in general. They're liars. I mean, I think people are liars in general. Okay, but All you never heard them. the Libra thing ever. Nah, lying ass Libras. I have. I have. You thought I, I made? I've heard up. such. <laughs> Okay, so also I wanted to mention um, how how supportive your family seems. Were they always supportive of you having a rap dream? Because I feel um, like parents is almost like get a job, nigga. They was always supportive of me just being me, whether that was uh rap, working, anything I was doing. They was just supportive of me being me. You got a good family, Lorenzo. Yeah, exceptional, exceptional. Yeah, yeah. Sisters were supportive of your music too. Yeah, yeah, my whole family. Um, early, it was like I wasn't making great music for anyone to really be a supporter of, but it was still like it was never like a hey nigga don't do that. You yeah, feel me? Yeah. Who makes the decision to start doing the parties at the the, the shows at the house? Because that's like that was me. You a young legend. But it was a it was a it, it was a tradition just expanded. Like I grew up in the party house my whole life. My pops and mom we used to had a TV in the front yard watching the boxing matches. Oh, y'all like, was we that was house always the, the party. Always, you feel me? Like my uncle used to do concerts and stand up in the backyard, so I was really just carrying. Your tradition. uncle's a stand up comedian. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yep. And so you get this out because I feel like the first thing people would think because I just first of all, when you have a real fan base and they really fuck with you, you could feel that love for them. They're very protective Definitely. of you. But I feel like nowadays shit's so crazy. The first thing people gonna think is like, "Are you worried about everybody knowing where you live?" Even though most people probably already know where the fuck you live at. Niggas been knowing where I live my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's you do your new. backyard concert and it's big to the point where guests come through, everybody come through, everybody on the block. Yeah, and it's respected still, the neighborhood respected. Like, I'm really from where I'm from. Mm -hmm. So everyone knows me, whether from a kid growing up here, there, or we connected in some way. So, uh, I mean, it's just respected. It's a safe place in the hood. Yeah. So as far as like, of course, you get big, you go viral, it's exciting. How do you like being famous? Like, how do you, how do you, right now, if you go to the Walmart, like we was just talking, you getting stopped a lot, correct? Um, Usually we get stopped kind of everywhere we go now, but um, it's still not excessively. It depends on where I'm at. Yeah. If I'm at home, niggas know me at home. If I'm in L.A., it's occasional. If I'm in New York, it's occasional. So it depends on where we at. So it's not to that level yet where I'm like, I hate it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's, it's embraced. You feel me? Like, uh, I mean, I'd rather have niggas stop me because they fuck with me than stop me because they don't fuck with me. Yeah. I feel like with me, I never, I never thought about it. Right. So once it start to happen... It freaked me out a little bit. I ain't gonna lie. I right. don't know. All It'd these be intense niggas, sometimes. Boy, COVID came out, these motherfuckers don't even care. And some niggas be weird. Like they don't um they don't tell you they a fan. So it's just like you have to kind of analyze first. Yeah. And that could get a little contemptuous because you don't know how you need to handle a situation. Yeah, so it, it's definitely a change. You yeah. feel me? But it's kind of dope for us. We get a lot of embrace. Even my mama got it now. Like she she's famous. And people fuck with her. You Did know, she like so, it? Yeah, she love it. Yeah. <laughs> the person that doesn't like it the most is my son. He's eight. Um somebody approached us at um I think we was in Disney World and he was like, Buddy, you're a little rude. We're trying to eat dinner. <laughs> he asked me no seriously yeah. because that's the thing when you go through this because you don't have children yet right I have a daughter do you yep are you with her mom are we together mm -hmm. no okay alright is that your only baby you want more 
Uh, I don't think I'm going to have another child. I think I'm going to keep it there. That's it? Yeah. That's not fair. I was only child. I was extremely lonely. I don't recommend that. I'm telling I mean, you. I mean, you. it depends on like the environment you grow up in. She's not lonely. She got people around cousins, her who that's what love y'all her said. and she fuck with cousins. her and, and all that. Yeah. She needs and she got sibling. parents. Right. She has parents, two of them. But she needs a sibling... Somebody to conspire to do bad shit with. You know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously, I think it's a need. When you only child, I was like weird as shit. And most people that I know the only child, they're weird too. Because you know Phelps is the only child. See, but she she not. She she's like the coolest nigga uh you could meet. How old is she? Ten. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she hella cool. Yeah, so you had her what, 18, fresh out? 17. How was that? Intense. <laughs> and scary as shit, intense, right? Intense, scary, very, uh, like, I've just recently got into the point in the past few years where I'm, like, really embracing fatherhood, and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. This is, I get to nurture, and I get to be, before you, you know, super good, anxious before I just, I mean, not even just anxious, just, like, uh, uh, resentment. Like, you know, when you have a kid very young and you're not prepared, it really throws like a blow in your life. And True. you don't know how to navigate those kind of emotions early. So mm-hmm. it just turned into a bunch of nasty emotions. You know, like I've always been present and did what I needed to do, but not in the capacity that I am now where it's like... That's such an you know, honest fucking answer. Yeah, I don't it, think it I've ever tough. heard a father say, but that's... <laughs> yo, it's, it's not... It's, it's real. And I think a right. lot of fathers go through that. I know as far as like I always crack jokes about my cousins, but it's like they're I've seen some of them, like the men in my family, be so worn down by the dealings with the mother of their child or trying to raise them, trying to pay power support. That it's like I I mean, they like fuck them kids. I've seen men get to that point and not necessarily men that are deadbeats. It's just a lot on you. And God forbid if you didn't, you're blessed to have an example of what a father is growing up with your mm-hmm. father, but so many men don't. Right. And I feel like you had this baby young. It's not, of course you make the decision to have sex unprotected. Right. But right after you make that decision, you don't have any more decision in it. So if you sit and talk to this girl and you like, I don't think it's the time. I don't think mm-hmm. we close enough. I don't think she could be like, well, fuck what you think, yeah. bitch. Now we go together. And I'm keeping <laughs> this motherfucking baby. You right? know, I know for a fact, like I've never met a man that told me, and this doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but I've never had a male friend say, we all got a pregnant purpose. I trapped her. I've never heard that. Never. But I have had conversations. <laughs> I don't Nick, think it never happened. Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon, would you please speak? <laughs> No, let's be clear, yo, because I did kill me in the comments. I do, I believe that it's happened. Of course, it's happened. You know, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I have had conversations with a girl that was like, "Girl, yeah," and I got pregnant. Like I, you know, so it's like, cause even with me, with my son, it's like I need him to understand that, like, that's the power that you have protecting your semen. It's special. Those right. are your babies, you know. And, and it's you, very difficult to. Um learn how to navigate a space or like enter a space lovingly when it starts in resentment of any form. Like when you feel like somebody betrayed you or they did something against your will, mm-hmm. because like most of the times at that age, you don't have accountability. Like mm-hmm. most 17 year olds, you ain't got no fucking accountability. Mm-hmm. Like you could barely do a lot of shit. You feel me? So it's very hard to re-enter into a loving space and embrace it and accept it. Cause you feel like, uh, you know, like it was a, uh, uh, wrench thrown into your right. process at some point, right? Especially when you're in a situation where 
the girl might say they're not going to keep it or you might even give up money towards not, you know, keeping it or just sometimes just won't, she won't talk to you. She right. won't talk to you until it's the point where there's nothing to do but have a baby because, of course, adoption is not that popular, especially not with our community. That's not right. really a... People will shun you for doing an ado- adoption more. In the black community, you know, it might sound strange. People will shun you or look at you funny for giving up your baby for adoption over if you have abortion. Over abortion. Over and over and over, right. which is crazy <laughs> when you think about it. But I do think that's something else. And I feel like... um you know, I just, I seen make men struggle with that. I just respect you being that honest because a lot of times, even when I notice a man might struggle raising their kid and it comes across like they're deadbeats or they don't care about them. And then when they do try to appear and maybe you coming around the baby six or the baby seven, the baby's eight, it takes a lot for a man to say, well, back then this is how I felt and I didn't know how to deal with it. Maybe right. run away, you know, and, run away. And, and brother, so much like guilt and shame that come with that shit that some men can never say that. So they just choose to do nothing, nothing. for the entirety That's so they fact, can avoid it. Russell. And it's not even because like they don't really want to. It's just like there's a lot of emotion that come with that shit that men do not know how to navigate That's right wow you need to be like a <laughs> counselor or something you know, a <laughs> speaker me and LaRussell both we have a friend that's uh so a friend in common wallow because you said that yeah. wallow helped you wallow helped me out a lot too yeah he bald here and he's silly but he a good guy right he's a good nigga yeah i feel like when niggas do like niggas don't really talk about shit like that. I, like for me, it's kind of taboo. Like if I do something for somebody, I don't want necessarily to get on social media and say she do this, she do that, do this. But it's like I keep meeting people that he's that Wallow's actually helping in real life. Like right. fuck a like or some social media bullshit. Like legit getting niggas jobs. It's like damn, right. Wallow might be a thorough guy. Right. Damn, he's bad as I thought. <laughs> Yeah, I told her I should do a million dollars worth of game. I think that'll be a nice hookup. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming for sure. I wanted to do this episode in your backyard, and I wanted to sit Indian style and say you who with the big buff mic. Yeah, you got to come didn't to the do it. Exactly. Ah, uh, hater. He is, bro. That's I wanted to crazy. I wanted to show me a neighborhood. I wanted to meet your mom. That's crazy. I wanted a hot dog. You know what they said? That nigga greeted me like how many fucking hours that is from LA. That's not what not what y'all said to me. That's crazy. Thank you. But that's really what I wanted to do. I'm so jealous. I'll be you watching. Gotta it. Come. Y'all gotta come to a backyard. Y'all gotta well, you gotta come. They not invited. <laughs> you gotta come to a backyard show. For sure. I really wanna come. I fuck with Simba, Child December. That's that shit, folks. Y'all yeah. y'all had a show coming up, if I wasn't mistaken, but I don't know if it was there or something. We did else. a show in Frisco together. How was it? At home. And man, it was crazy. crazy. Packed. Yeah. Packed. Yeah, I fuck with Simba. Um, we do advice hour here. We let people call up and give advice. You give advice a lot. You don't get tired of giving out advice? Uh, not necessarily. Sometimes I don't be trying to give advice. I just be Where talking. y'all get them questions from when you do it in the show we aspect? We let the people. So all the people who follow us and fuck with us, they got a form and they can go fill out, ask whatever they want to. And we just. Before I do this advice question real quick, because they'll be upset if they don't. What's any free game you can give to any of my followers that I have a whole lot of followers that want to be podcasters. They just want to be content creators in, in general. And um, they tired of hearing me say the the year of the word I'm like I'm like one of those um the women entrepreneurs that do women empowerment events for eight hundred dollars I'm more one of them the word for this year is monetization ladies uh, 
Yeah, do you have any advice? Can you give him some advice, my people? Because Larissa don't know what he's doing. It seems like it, Larissa. Yeah, to, to, to get started. Like, I often meet a lot of people who, like, I want to do. I want to. I want to. If I can, it's like, niggas, start. Right. You don't really want to if you ain't got started. You feel me? As simple as that. Do 10 of them. Do one first. Then do 10. Then do 100. Then do 1,000. We just get a lot of people who complain before they even shoot anything. Mm-hmm. It's like you didn't, you didn't, you ain't even got ten, and yeah. you complaining. Yeah. How are you gonna make it, and you ain't even get yourself ten tries? Yeah. Well, I notice a lot with the people that people that ask me for advice. A lot of them want to skip past all the steps. So people legit will say, "Damn, I remember when you first went viral. Now you got this big show. Put me on. What is? Come on now, put right. me on. Like it's this special cold word that just gets you in. It it's is. Like, it's called work." That's really all it is. <laughs> I don't think people realize it. And you know what else? And I always talk about this on the podcast and everywhere I go because I feel like once I learned it, I wanted to share that. I come from an urban area. I feel like in urban areas, especially on my side where we're from, we are not taught to like dream or manifest or speak positive over our lives. Me just going from I might, I wanna. When I too, I am changed so mm-hmm. much shit, and it sounds corny, yeah. but I'm not a corny bitch, and I would not lie to you. You have to almost sometimes, depending on where your starting point is. So, like me, I was like a person that would get depressed, and I will also because I got a felony young. I always tell people this: that shit really made me feel like I was limited to do things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like I didn't stand up as straight. It's like when you come out of high school and you young and you got the world at your feet and everybody like, I wish I could be your age or whatever. Felonies are knock that motherfucking shit right off of your right. shoulder and you be... Because there's so many opportunities that you can't get. And I'm talking about back when they wasn't even throwing like the felon get this job, that job vibe. You was just fucked, you know? Right. Um, For me, like, a lot of people are so afraid to fail and they get like that because they were all they weren't taught to dream. You might tell your peer, somebody that you love to death, because in the family where I your big dream, and they will shoot your shit down and right. say, Girl, you can't do that. Yeah, right. Don't nobody do that around here. And it's like I've seen I've seen people look at that a couple of ways. One way it's like, oh, this person's a hater and I don't fuck with them. But for me, I'm more see like you so scared to fail that you even scared I'm going to fail. Right. And it's like knowing how to gauge that because you just taking that leap of faith for trying. You can inspire your 60 year old aunt. You know, you right. inspired a whole motherfucking family because you doing shit. I'm doing shit in my family. Nobody has done. Nobody from my family hit the paper if it wasn't a crime. Right. And if you would have based uh, what you could do based on what was done in the past, you wouldn't even be here. Fuck and no. that's what everybody else do. They base what's possible based on what everybody else accomplished. You feel me? We just uh, yesterday. I was reading this book by uh, Rick Rubin, and uh, it had a quote, but basically it ended in, like, failure is data, right? Failure just teaches you everything that don't work so you can revise the strategy and go do everything that do work. Big facts. Yeah. I, 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 at this point, like, for me, I tell people, like, and I don't know if it's good advice or bad advice, but that's just how I handle shit. There wasn't, I always come across like I'm a super confident person. There was never a time where I was like, because I started just making videos online. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I ain't make no money. And with me, people would 
like take them and flip them or whatever. So a lot of times I wouldn't even get the numbers. Right. <laughs> like my shit would go viral right. everywhere else. But what I noticed was the more I did it, the more people came looking for me. And then they really liked my style, you know. It almost seemed like I would say something, I would go viral saying it. And people would act like they never heard nobody say that before. Right. So they would be kind of looking for the person that said it, which put me at a point where I could really sell anything now because I got them. So I always tell people, especially people when they leave that, I know I'm the funniest or I know I'm this and I do that the best. It's like, if you know you good at that, that's half the battle. Now mm -hmm. the other half is how do you show, show people? Exactly. I feel like I feel like we are at a great time, you know, now so many black people are entrepreneurs and business people. I think that a lot of people need to understand that that's not a job for everybody. Everybody is not mm -hmm. built for that entrepreneurship. You got to have a strong back for that shit. Right. It's a very up and down thing, you know. And um and also I feel like everybody can't be, you know, queen or king bee or whatever you got it got to be worker bees some people right every do role better is necessary working as a team and you know because everybody want to be a boss now that's just you right. know through the social media or whatever but i feel like once you find your lane bro the only the worst thing that can happen is you fail and really that's not even the worst thing that can happen that's light i know what the, i wanted to do with this podcast because the first podcast i made nobody watched it but my cousins I used to like 36, <laughs> I got 36 cousins you know right but i know exactly what i wanted to do here i didn't walk around with my head then about it. it didn't beat me up like that you know what i mean right and you give yourself a certain amount of grace like especially where you come from i come from a background of i was committing crimes and shit russell you know, I can't believe this shit. I'm like a fucking entertainer. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? You won. They don't even check my record. They got me BET. They don't it don't even matter me. no more, right? It don't even matter no more. Because they would, you know, now right. these big Paramount was hiring me. They don't know about the right. shit I did. <laughs> right? They don't even know. Are we going to play the voicemail and let LaRusso answer for the people? Are you up to it? What's up? You got to listen to the voicemail and give this person advice. It's going to be a dumb question, I'm telling you. This is dope. You're doing like a, a Miss Cleo column. Yeah. Huh. Like that. I just watched that documentary, too. It was good. I got to tell you all that. Pause, real fast. Did you, do you know anything about the murder off murders? Uh-uh. Knew you wasn't. He too positive for that. Just keep going. <laughs> Let's just keep going. <laughs> hey, don't call me white girl, a.k.a. Demona, the queen of Philly. Um... I got a question for you. I recently separated with my wife and due to me cheating about eight, nine months ago, I'm interested in finding out being that I went to counseling and I did the proper steps to believe that I could achieve to get my wife back and it's still not working. Should I just say, all right, it's done and just continue just to be the father for my kids? Or should I keep trying, even though it ain't getting me nowhere, and I'm and I'm not really feeling the trying situation, to be honest with you? And all signs are pointing that I should just run like a track star. But I would like some insight on it. You're a good woman. Tell me what a good man You're a good woman. should do. See, like, I got Thank news you. for you, nigga. <laughs> I got some news a, for you, nigga. I am a good woman. Go ahead. You got any advice for him? Um, I 
Not really, but I mean, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't sound the most confidence in his change. He said, "I believe that I'm," and it's like if you believe, then you probably didn't do the work to know. Mm. So uh, I feel like usually if you still feeling in that state, like you believe you're good enough to do something, then you know the work isn't done. You still got a lot more to do. Mm. Um, and it's it's like that shit is like. Um, Cheating is an impersonal thing, right? It has everything to do with you and nothing to do with whoever else is on the that's other what side, says. right? So, like, that's some shit that he really gotta 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 work through, especially if it's like a cycle. Then it's just gonna continue until you kind of break that and find out why you're doing it and fill that void. But uh, he didn't sound confident in um, in his ability to 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 be a better person at this point. So he probably just need to rock and just do his thing by himself. He definitely gave me like I went there went to therapy so I could tell her, bitch, I saw the pr- I talked to the people. I didn't right. talk to the hey, people. Right. I and that's that's what it be. I went and talked to the lady. I'm tired she of said my grandma's house now. I didn't talk to the people. Right. I prayed three times. Let me back in. I um Right. Uh, I don't know. That I, nigga went to counseling for cheating. <laughs> uh-huh. You not in, and that's the thing. Like if you going to counseling, it's not for cheating. Like you you supposed to be going for to like figure out what's cheating. Up. Cheating is the fruit of it, right? right? There's a root of it, and there's a fruit of it, and cheating is the fruit of it. And mm. I didn't went to counseling for the fruit, so it's Instead still more. Root. It's still more work to do. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, I don't know, and I also think that sometimes if a woman is mature enough to know that she can't really deal with that shit you should kind of take the lead because i think that's the worst kind of relationship when you trying again and she keep talking about that shit keep bringing it up or y'all just always have to like revert back to what happened in the because it's like if she's saying no in the beginning that's that could be totally indicative of her just not being ready or not even who or didn't even forgive you yet you know what i mean because that's what it takes when it comes to being cheated on it's a very like disloyal kind of feeling you know what i mean and i'm speaking from a place of a person that did a lot of cheating i didn't get cheated on a lot you know when the cheaters always come from that aspect because a lot of times cheaters feel like it's nothing this was i was just spending time with this person or i'm using this person for money or i'm doing whatever but it's that's really the truth of it all where the cheater usually has a whole nother issue that they're kind of avoiding and that's why you know dealing with different people is way easier because if you worried about helping somebody put out their fire you completely forget about the fire that's in your backyard and that was definitely my situation and i remember the last time I was in like a relationship, relationship and I cheated and I got caught. I never forget how hurt he seemed and never forget forget how bad I felt. That's the first time I ever really felt that. Before I didn't attach men to those kind of feelings, right? So I would look at it like a man will be mad you cheated on him or maybe embarrassed, but he don't give a fuck. You know, you just keep rolling. Totally not true. Y'all feeling fear you know, too. You know, and you know what's crazy that we can go a long time without processing that that understanding of emotion like uh one time off off topic but uh we had to go pick up my daughter and we was late so she had to sit in the office for a little while and when i got her i was like oh man are you upset and she was like no i'm just sad and that was very eye-opening to me because as a kid i would have been mad like oh y'all y'all forgot about me y'all late but she was just sad that we did it that we didn't think about her enough to be on time. You right. feel me? And that's what that is. You don't understand that. Yeah, some niggas be mad, but some people are really just genuinely hurt that you did what you mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. I just, that was, you know. But for me, 
that was like a big turning point in my life because I I really did not think look at him in that way. You like, stopped cheating after that? Yeah, I've never like I don't like and I and not even that. I even slowed down with getting in relationships because I would get in a relationship real quick because I knew I wasn't following these motherfucking rules anyway. I don't give a fuck. It ain't for real for me, you know? Right. But now, as soon as it even come there or go there, I kind of back off because I know I'm not ready for that. You know what I mean? And just having that amount of like, you know, I'll take, I fuck feeling lonely or feeling like you need somebody feeling, it's more important to me to be mm. a better person in these relationships versus just getting in them or just, That's you know, beautiful. That's growth. You know, but then on the fucked up part, LaRussell, is now I'm famous, so I'm gonna find a nigga and I talk about sucking dick all the time. You know what I mean? Because I don't even say more difficult. Like that. I just talk about it. The, get, the difficulty increases once you have a claim. Oh, my God. Because now I don't know if they like me. Like they want to repost. You know? Right. Like, how do you date <laughs> If they want to repost? These niggas eat my ass for a repost. Right? Bro. And I think, like, when you get a certain acclaim. Right. Eating they ass for a repost is extreme. That's extreme. They just, they didn't even want, they didn't want the repos. They just wanted to eat your ass. They tricked you. <laughs> if I post a nigga real, I can get my ass ate. And oh I probably God. get a little gift too. I'm keeping it real. I mean, like seriously, I, it's been times where guys are trying to call at me now. And it's so obvious that he doesn't know nothing about me. Right. He don't know what I do. All he knows is this bitch is famous. She might get me in a room. Da-da. And it's such like, oh God, it's nothing more unattractive when you kind of peep this nigga's motive. Listen, and and yeah. that's the thing. You, I feel like you can always sense that energy. Um, I can, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I always real. able to kind of sense and peep that energy that's that's like leeches. And You know how I know? We one of them young, cutie cute niggas, you know, hair all curly and shit. You got the watch all shiny and all that. He rap. You don't want me. Right. Man. Your views are low. You want to repost. <laughs> For real. Stop. I mean, I'm from Philly. Everybody raps. Right. Everybody in Philadelphia rap. My grandma rap. Kids, you not. So how many kids. repos have you given? <laughs> Go check the story. It's all repos. <laughs> it's wrap it up. You can DM me for promo. No. I'm so glad that you came. And I do want to come on you. I just want to be your friend. Yeah, and I come to come the party. Yeah, and I'm really, I'm proud of you. And I'm excited for your career. And I hope... If not for nothing, that you just keep just oozing all this positivity and you rub it off on people and you make other people as positive and friendly and, you know, and loving that you are, though, for real, Russell. You're a special guy. I love it. I all appreciate right. I appreciate it. you coming on. Yeah. Right. Come on. No, I'm manifesting that the Russell, all his positivity just oozes over everybody and everybody doing some positive shit. Come on. Like niggas and niggas and fully see him and they go, Yoo-hoo. That just raised you. Yeah. It changed your day, right? Just something as simple as that. I feel better already. Yeah. Yoo-hoo. It could be about a <laughs> like Aloha. <laughs> That's it. Thanks. Love it. That's a good joint. That was great. <laughs>